Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, <laughs> welcome to Parry Talks. Um, my intro has been done for me. Um, jokes aside, we're back again, back on the weekly podcast grind. We've also got, you know, we had a couple of DJs in, but we're going back to the podcast roots. I say that every week. We're back with probably, and I say this all the time as well, one of my favorite artists now. They're big on the vapes, as you can tell. <laughs> if you're watching, everyone puts them down. Who isn't though at the moment? Um, vape sponsorship would be hard. But um, Planet Vegeta, I've been, they've been on my radar for ages, and then luckily enough, falled into a, falled into this work, and then I get to work very closely with the boys as well. So, super grateful to have them on. We have got Jazz, look good, seven zero. Welcome to Parry Talks. Hey, we're Planet Vegeta. It's an honour, brother. We are tucked in very comfortably this morning. You know, it's a bit wet, so yeah, I thought, let's cuddle up. Yeah, you know? um, has to be. Um, EP, it's finally out. I know you've been sitting on it for a little while. Um, is it weird releasing music, you know, that you have been sitting on for a long time or in the vault? Or was the goal initially anyway for it to be timeless so it doesn't really matter? Well, to be honest, we're supposed to release this live. Uh, 2020 or early 2020 we made the EP pretty much in 2018 so most of the tracks are old but <coughs> well yeah it is what it is how do you feel they the tracks hold up like obviously like I can't talk enough about how much my music taste has changed in those two years do you feel like your sound has evolved so much since those initial tracks or do you think that this EP is still like quintessential super proud Planet Vegeta listening do you feel yeah um, to be honest like I, f- I feel like the tracks that we make either way is just timeless like we don't we don't really mm. create to fit a certain mould or like whatever the rate or the wave is that, that year or that mm. that month so everything we create is just pretty much like we create it organically and just whatever happens in the studio happens and then you know for us I, I feel like it just it's timeless so you know whether it was now or released it two years ago we still get the same buzz um but in saying that like yeah we're pretty over it like we've heard it <laughs> well we've been we've been hearing the same tracks for ages but you know it is what it is because, <coughs> um obviously by the title just to dive straight in from the top by the title, there's a lot of terms of love with Letters to Shishi, obviously. Um, and especially with a lot of the tracks, the track titles. There's a lot about your relationship with women. Not just because, you know, love or, you know, it can be family. And obviously a lot of your songs are very family oriented, which makes a lot of sense. Um, what do you reckon makes, like, women in your life so, like, inspirational to write songs about? Um, but also so much that you dedicate an EP almost to them. I'll leave that to Jazz because he's got a little um, chichi of himself <laughs> as of recent. Um, I think just being raised by by a woman too, strong woman. So like, you know, we have that love. Am I speaking out of? Am I speaking no, out of going, Keep going, man. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> and yeah, like it's a yeah. Do you want to play on with that? <laughs> What? What? what are we saying? <laughs> what? On what? We yeah, just love women. Just Who no, doesn't yeah. love women? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, love, love. Yeah. And it goes both ways. Like we, we all got strong mums. Like mm. 
uh, we all kind of have similar backgrounds like growing up in that um, just with like I think yeah 100% we all all our old we don't have like father figures kind of thing so we all have strong strong mothers but then it's always been respected mm. yeah, yeah respect the women but you know especially now there's yeah. a whole heap going on and like true I, I think it's so like it's nice to like have and like love songs even or like Take Flight where the songs are like very tender and like nice even like Georgia like there's nothing like or you it's it's not like there's no like brushness about the way you talk about the girls it's all like very nice and like yeah like pedestal which is like I think so important and I think underrated as well in hip hop now yeah I feel like that that's always been us too like we, we didn't even talk about it like we, we've never talked about how we're going to approach like talking about women but I think that just shows like how we've been brought up by our mothers so um, shout out to our mums and mm-hmm. you know the women in our life shout out to the mama seekers <laughs> and the mama seekers <laughs> <laughs> and the senoritas yeah yeah that's you <laughs> <laughs> boom Sailor Moon I think it's my favourite song on the on the EP just because it's just like I think it just makes so much Planet Vegeta sense I don't know why like and you know, discovering your music was very much like, where could they go? Like, what's next? What could come next with the singles? But then you listen to a song like Sailor Moon, it's like, I feel like that's the sound almost that, not to expect from, but where you just understand and appreciate, like, this is where their sort of lane is, their edges, and it's super genius. But I just want to talk about, obviously, the title, TV show Sailor Moon, um, Dragon Ball Z as well. Why do you think, like, that aesthetic makes sense with the music you make like what's the overlap there what's the Venn diagram do you think with that world and also you know Planet Vegeta I think just being big fans eh, of the yeah. anime and just growing up watching Dragon Ball Z um yeah sorry sweet <laughs> no it's pretty much yeah, that is, pretty much sometimes it's not that deep yeah. yeah and I think the whole Vegeta thing as well it's a fucking just a whoop just a baller, <laughs> you know? Like, bro, wait a minute, bro, this guy told us not to swear. <laughs> just being Hey, like, discuss it, no swear words on the podcast. This guy's going um, I've had this much of a beer, man. I've turned into a different animal. Um, I feel like definitely the, the whole Vegeta, like the baller, don't tell me what to do, sort of energy reigns through. Was that like a consequential like inspiration or do you feel like you, you know, wear the Vegeta attitude on your sleeves? Well, pretty much like Planet Vegeta, right here. Planet Vegeta, <laughs> Planet Vegeta is like a um, a planet in Dragon Ball, um, yeah. and it's the home of the Saiyans. So, like for us, we feel like that's us, you know. Like we kind of just tuck ourselves away in the hyperbolic chamber. You know, when time's right, we mm. just come out, just level up, you know. Give us a sixteen, go. Um, and like not to get too deep, but. Obviously, I think that, and one thing I've noticed in my years covering hip-hop and writing about hip-hop is that, especially in Australia, is people love penning shit in to a certain genre when it doesn't make any sense at all. Mm. Um, And, like, I don't know, I think it's just super frustrating Like people would see a group of people that look like you and assume a certain genre of music or a type of Mm. music. Um, Do you think it just comes naturally to, like, throw that away or piss that off? Or do you feel like a frustration of like why we're getting pinned into like rap when it's not even rap sometimes or R&B when it's not even R&B sometimes? Mm. How do you like combat that or is it just natural again? 
Uh, to be honest, it's just natural, eh? Like, every time we talk, we've always talked about longevity. So, for us, it's not about what's happening now or what's, you know, what's the what's the way of going now. And with that, with what you're saying, how people, you know, pin us into a certain genre, it's like, we've never been about that anyway. So, mm. it's just whatever we like. We always say, like, whatever we make in the studio, if we like, if we mess with it, then that's how we're going to roll. So, mm. it's been like that since the jump. Big time. I feel that. Yeah. And like, yeah, I don't know. I just like having so many people on and they're just like so frustrated by like the whole, I think R&B is like the laziest mm. thing in the world. Like as in coining something R&B is just like, oh, they're not white and they're not singing with guitars unless the guitar's over an 808. So like, let's just call it R&B. And I think yeah. it's just so frustrating and lazy for like, I get secondhand embarrassment. Like when you see someone be like, oh, if you like... Scissor, you're like this new yeah, Sydney singer yeah. from, from, you know, this singer from Sydney because she's not white. And mm. it's like, true. it cooks me. True. Facts. Facts. Bars. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, where should we go? Where should we go? You need to go to the bottom, my brother. We will get to the bottom. Um, I think a big, like, as something I'm super intrigued about and how you guys operate is obviously Planet Vegeta is a group but you've also got your own sounds your own types your own energies and stuff how do you like define Planet Vegeta do you think it's more like a band vibe a collective vibe uh, like a, like a it's almost like a super group I'd see it but like how do you describe it like when you guys come together as an energy or aura it's kind of weird eh like I think of anything we do there's like no like labels or like yeah so we like seven oh said we just come in what we what we're feeling is what we're feeling like even if that's music like what we wear what we vape <laughs> like it is what it is like it's like there really is no label to what we do in yeah so i I couldn't say that we're a band a collective like, yeah we're just brothers <laughs> brothers for life man. we're just boys to brothers <laughs> go check that we'll get into it. Um, I think sort of just like before we dig into like obviously the starting narrative and you know we'll tell the whole story properly um, you call yourselves lit like and I've heard it at least a couple of times on either the solo stuff or the group stuff like a leaders of the new school sort of energy or uh, where do you think that like confidence comes from is it like a naturally still thing is there any like insecurity about coming out in a song and just being like I'm the best because I know a lot of people in their normal lives will be like, um, like super humble and super chill like you guys are. There's no fucking arrogance or brashness about you guys. But then on records, there's a certain swag or energy. Is it like easy to turn that on when you're behind a microphone? Or does he think, again? Wow. It's, for us, it's like, when we make stuff, it's, it's always 92. Like that's our, that's our brotherhood that we have with all our boys. And if we all mess with it, you know, it is what it is. And you can hear it in the sound, like, we don't sound like no one here. Mm. Like, we don't sound like no one here or, or NZ. You can't really put us in any group. So when we, like, when we do make a track or when, you know, when we're in the, in the studio creating, it's all just like, like we, we hold ourselves at the top yeah. always. Mm. And, like, that's how we, like, when we step into the music, obviously away from it, you know, humble, whatever, but on the mic and that's, we, we have to hold, hold ourselves at the top. No, you have yeah. to. Yeah. Do you think, do you feel like you have to sometimes where it's like, if you don't back yourself all the way, 
It's like, what's the point of almost doing it? I think that's such a rapper attitude. Well, that comes within the brotherhood as well. It's yeah. like, you know, we get props. Like we, give, like, we believe in ourselves that much that we don't really give a shit what anyone says. So it's like we hold ourselves at the top already. So when we hit it, it's just, it's just like normal chat. Like it's normal talk. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Just speaking it's that Vegeta. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't come from a place of like arrogance. It's just a place of like confidence and just being yourself and owning what you got. Yeah. Like, that's something for me I'm still learning. And since I've been in the crew, like something I've had to take on and just be like, let's do it. Yeah. And like on tour puppy as well, we may as well go there because I think it's such a banger. obvious, like banger. huge. My like, and like I don't like to talk about my work on here, but probably my favorite song that I've released. Wow, we've released. Bang on, it's not yeah. just me. Yeah. Like um, in the whole world, like probably one of my favorite songs. It just it tackles so much. I think especially in Australia, and I wonder if you guys feel this as well, where there is such a strong tall poppy syndrome mm. energy, where I think a lot of audience are reacting like, wait, what? There are rappers from Australia that think they're mad. And like, I think a lot of the audience is really weaked out by that because it's like so mm. unnatural. Yeah. So yeah, the whole tall poppy syndrome thing is a whole, like such an obvious thing. And I feel like having you guys would break that down, I think is super important. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm right. I take it. Um, no, but yeah, you're right. Like, especially their culture, so poppy in Australia and New Zealand. It's a massive thing. But, um, yeah, for, it's just about taking ownership again. As yeah. Before. And yeah, not being shy on your shit or shy on uh, the talents you got. Yeah, big time. Mm. Um, let's take it back. Let's draw it back. Let's tell some stories. Because I feel like <laughs> your story hasn't been properly told yet, I don't think, um, on an actual platform. But like Planet Vegeta, um, I heard a rumour, Look Good, 7-0, used to live together. Was that the initial, like, is that the first time you guys met? Was it the first time you linked or was there a friendship there from before? And then... No, we knew each other ages ago. Way, way before that. Yeah, we were doing stuff outside. But I was about to throw the towel in with music. And then I knew this guy was producing, so I was like, I hit him up. I was like, um, I was like, hey, let's just give this music thing a crack. But he had already re- he already had Planet Vegeta down in like 2015 or wow. something like that, yeah. 2014. Like he had the name already set in place. Um, then we got together and I was like, fuck, Goku and Vegeta. So, and then after that, Krillin came. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell by the way you, the way you started that story. <laughs> if you, if you listen to Sailor Moon, if you listen to Sailor Moon, he throws a destructive disc. Even <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, my friend um, Jazz was working in the mines, and then oh yes, know. I was I was living with Seven O because I was homeless at the time. Not homeless, but I didn't like where I was staying. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, what was your music like before that Seven O? Like, was it? As in, what was your musical like ambitions before that? Was it like really working to get to the top, or were you just fucking around with music and then it oh, sort of like was just? I've always been like, fuck! I've always had a big drive, like just for my life in general. So I was always trying to push, you know, just push something, whether it's music or whether I was working nine to five, I wanted to always just get to the top. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my music before, like I was singing with my brothers um, in a group called Fortunate. And um, we done a we done Damn. a few things, <laughs> done a few things, and then kind of went, you know, we, we stopped that, and then yeah, I was about to just throw it in, but 
I think that's why it's so easy this time around because it was like we just came together and done it for fun, like mm-hmm. and done done it to have fun, and then you know the rest is history now. Big time. And look at were you a producer first before any top lines, any vocals? Was it pure? just like beat making and then you sort of got dragged in or was it always both from forever? Uh, I think since young I've always mucked around with like music and been intrigued by music. So me and my brothers back at home in Brisbane, we used to just make beats for fun and um, that's where I met 7 and he was, you guys are touring, you know? Yeah. I did a tour. <laughs> <laughs> this guy was touring way before this. <laughs> nah, so pretty much there and then, yeah, um, I was living out, out west and me and the bros got kicked out and I needed a place to stay so I stayed with him and that's when it, that's when the magic happened was it like an immediate like you sort of looked at each other and it's like why are we not doing this together or was it like a bonding period or a you know like a evolution of like was it like a like a light bulb moment like why are we not doing this shit or was it like a sort of slowish process or what um, was the I don't, I don't know. Oh, it just happened. Yeah, like, straight out like, like it's, yeah. I had it in my notes and I, I, I brought the idea to him and then we, we've been running with it ever since. Like. And it's like I never actually heard him, heard his music live. Um, like I never seen him produce or nothing. So it was like, oh, let's just do a session. Yeah. Right, we've done a session and bumped out like five tracks on the spot. Done a session, moved in. <laughs> yeah, straight out. You know what? You can leave here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, I was buzzing out like. Like I was buzzing out because this guy was um, messaging me from the mines. He was working there, and he's just like sending me some stuff, demos and that. Um, <laughs> just send me some rap some from rap. the toilet. <laughs> like, <he was> li- <laughs> no, legit. He was literally. Yeah, like, I used to do that all the time. Yeah, he was on the toilet, like rapping to the camera, and he's like, "Bro, check my bars." And, and then I was like, well, "I told, I told, um, look good." I was like, "Hey, um, let's get this guy in." So then he just came in for a session, and then ever since then, it just. It grew to what it is now. Yeah, but he oh, it was kind of a stitch up because I was in Brisbane. I flew down straight from the airport. Jazz came in and then like, we were chilling for a bit. Jazz went for a smoke and I looked at seven and I was like, wow, are you all good? Like, no, I, was like, I haven't even met this guy before. <laughs> but I went in thinking that these guys already knew each yeah. other and he was like, no, I haven't even met this guy. And I was like, you got me. Um, and we'll get to Jazz hopping in as well but sure there are some funny stories from you two living together I forgot about that <laughs> they didn't even know <laughs> surely some there were some epic stories you what two in nah. that house nah nah nah, nah nothing. we can say <laughs> nah, okay but that way um, so Jazz how did you find what 7 was doing where did the, you like was it just through internet through just organic yeah, yeah, stuff? what happened because this guy I followed these guys unfortunately and then yeah. I seen this guy go solo, and he set up like a little stew. Remember he did that track, uh, that track with um, Vincent? Nah, Larissa. Oh, he's dead. oh yeah. yeah. And I just seen this guy go solo, and I was I heard him up for some studio time. That was the original. I was still in Sydney too. But oh, then he gave me the scene. Oh, oh. yeah, he gave me the big there scene. It is. Oh, there it is. <laughs> and then I moved away. Oh, I moved to the mines. I got a job in the mines. Then I was like, fuck, I don't want to record. Like, I want to be, yeah. a, I want to get into this music for real. And then that's when I kept messaging this guy. I was like, fuck. Relentless right. for that. Yeah. I feel like you have to be. Yeah. And then like, if, like, if you're not cutthroat or you're not doing everything you can. Or like yeah, I was being mad annoying too. Like, yeah. hey, I'd send this guy like, <laughs> yeah. demos on demos, just recorded raps. 
But bars, every time when I was like buzzing out, because I was like, fuck, man. In my head, I was thinking, fuck, this guy's like the best producer I've ever heard. This guy's like my favourite rapper I've ever heard. And I'm like, fuck, why not? Exactly, yeah. It's, It's nice how it came about so organic. Yeah. Like, you hear about groups that come together it's just bullshit like oh we ended up finding out we're cousins we gotta unpack this this guy's from the from same the bush same village. yeah we're some, from the same village in Samoa so like everyone like and then I asked my nan I was like hey nan do you know this guy's nan <laughs> she was like yeah I know well, yeah, I grew up I seen <laughs> I seen them like they used to hang out and that was it like a moment like where you just had a conversation it was like wait I know that joint. Yeah, I, I yeah, always you got back from Samoa. Yeah, I went to Samoa with my family, and then, but I always ask every like Samoan I see, I was like, "Oh, what village are you from?" <laughs> I always just see like you know because I try to understand about my culture a bit. Yeah. And I asked this guy, and he's like, "Oh, I'm from Falalakai," and I was like, "Oh, that's where I'm from." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, genius. And then, so did this not this EP so much, but. Are the Planet Vegeta songs that we might have heard or are going to hear, like, start coming not long after those initial meetings? Like, what's the time frame? Or was it was there still a bit of time between your meeting being, like, sick rapper, sick vocalist, sick producer, whatever, and then, you know, you start writing in 2018, like, the start of this EP. Like, when did... How long was the transition period between, you know, oh. you guys linking up to it being, like, where... I, mean, where I think it was, like, literally... Group. I think it was, like, two months and we made the backbone of this EP now. Wow. So it was, like, two months that we've been together. Around that time frame, we, we kind of made, like, most of the tracks. Two months? There's probably, like, 100 tracks there that we made. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's heaps of shit that we haven't, like, even released or hasn't been out there, like, um, for previews or whatever. But, yeah, the backbone of this EP got created, like... That's that's what buzzes me out. Is like we we got together and everything just happened like smoothly. Like there was no egos. Like, mm. It was just. It easy. wasn't even planned to be like an EP or yeah. anything too. Just yeah. Well, that's like the supergroup thing again as well. Like where it's, I think it's so good having when the artists come together naturally and it just clicks and it's almost like your three individual artists working on the same thing comes across so much nicer than. Oh, here's like these two guys that I've grown up with, or like not the, like yeah. you haven't had that same sort of experience, but like where it's like there's something special there, mm. like, and I don't know. Do you feel like it was easier to write with people that you'd first met before, almost, or it was like there was just nothing on the line, no ego, just like let's just make some music, or was that brotherly collection just straight away connection straight away, just like we're we'll binding together? It was just making the music, eh? Hey, like. Well, for me, I was like buzzing up to make music. Yeah. So, yeah. Can you say that again? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lost. Yeah, no, nah, the connection. I, I just feel like sometimes I feel like, especially, and like this is not to do with music at all, but if I meet up with someone and I connect with them straight away and I don't know them for so long, it's easier for me to just like unravel and mm-hmm. be like just emotionally open up. And I just know if you reflected on that, where like if you're not that like, oh, I've wigged it anyway, you answered the question. Yeah. But like, I, th- I know sometimes it's easier when you connect straight away with someone to like open up and then just like let them into your world which might have happened with you guys yeah and I think it, as well there was oh, like for, for on my end it was like no no, no expectations yeah so it was just that's like, what I was trying to get so at. it was kind of just like hey like, let's just create music yeah you know for what it is and then the opportunities just came after that so yeah 
Pano Vegeta. Yeah, here we are. What was like the first song on this EP that you're writing in that period that was like, I think we've got one, or I think this is like something special? Like, what was the first sort of, you know, one of those tracks that was like, hang on, this is this is Georgia, this is it. Yeah, Georgia was the first track we made. Eh? Yeah, probably like Georgia, I reckon, because it was like, <clears throat> oh, for me anyway, it was like <clears throat> I wasn't, I was in music, but I didn't know much about music. If like, if that makes sense, it's like. I kind of had like I've learned heaps of these guys. So for me, when I went in, it's like and heard Georgia. I never heard like music like yeah. that. And then how we kind of mm. approached that, like that, that kind of sound. Mm. For me, it was like opening up a new door. So yeah. When that when that song hit, it was like fire. Everything just started like just rolling. And this is almost a question for all three of you, um, individually. But what do you think being in the room with the other two motivated? like you guys to do better. So like Jazz, what did 7 and Look Good motivate you to do better when you met them and what influence did they have on your writing style? Heaps, man. Oh, yeah. um, K was just like the lead horse, always like making sure we're on, on our shit. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds corny, <laughs> but it is. No, you need structure um, sometimes. And yeah, just making sure I'm, I'm onto it. But um, Eddie's like the first um, Look Good. Look good, sorry. They're gonna find my LinkedIn now. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking up my LinkedIn. Um, look good was like gonna try to get you a suit job. Yeah. <laughs> 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 nice. Big as my resume. Um, was the first time like working with a proper producer. Yeah. So like the Georgia song, that was my first time uh, trying to change up my like shit. So I've read a. The rap originally, but I had it. He used to go by the name Locky Lati. I was a bit like heavy on how I like, you know, yeah. did my verse, and it yeah, kind of like told me, "Oh, tone it down. This is how you, you know, don't give too much away." Like, yeah. yeah, far forget yeah. that this guy used to go hard on every yeah, single so joint, <laughs> like every overboard hard, but. Oh, it's crack up. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that. You're a screamer. Yeah. <laughs> bro, it's like it's like Denzel Curry early on. He just goes so hard yeah. on everything. It's like, bro, it's fine. Like, <laughs> we like you. Like, it's cool. Like, you don't you don't have to scream. <laughs> bro, that's exactly how we yeah, t- yeah, how we talked to this guy when he used to record. And not but just hey, that, he used to write like. 64. Yeah. 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 Like 64s. Yeah, that's something else I learned too. Like breaking down my lyrics. So like. The verses in that because I used to just rap for 64 ages. bars. Yeah, 64 like bars. I learned how to like properly stru- uh, structure my, my shit. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like if, a, if there was a Planet Vegeta EP in the future and there was a jazz solo song and it was just 64 bars, that would be epic. Oh, don't we worry, got, it's we got one. Trust me, we, we got, got one. It's a banger, too. <laughs> Definitely. Um, 7 0, what do you think these two? you know, taught you about both yourself and also what you needed to pick up and stuff? Oh, I think in my music journey anyways, like, man, like, I think this is where it started, like, at Planet Vegeta. Because mm. before I never wrote, like, I never, I never really wrote anything and I never kind of had a, had a direction with music. It was just like, I, I just knew I wanted to do music. Yeah. But then, with these guys, but it just leveled me up heaps, eh? Like, 
the production, then hearing Jazz's bars is like, fuck, I always, I always push to step up my game. Because in my head, I always think like, fuck, I always got to catch up. Yeah. Because these two are like just on another level in my head. Like, I yeah. always be like, fuck, they're the best. So for me, it's just like, man, you know, I always got to bring it hard. Like, and, and it's coming, it just come naturally. Mm. So like, it also says like, you know, like, these two kind of just, you know, made me a better artist. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. Same thing. And I think as a producer as well, like I kind of have to set the not yeah set the tone a bit, but I kind of give them something to feed off, you know. Yeah. But apart from that, yeah, just the same. Like I think without knowing, we all um, I would say it's competitive, but. I know if I hear something, I hear a bar or something, yeah. I know I'm deleting my verse and be like, oh, no, I can't record right now. <laughs> to be honest, that's this special bar. <laughs> Number one. Every song we've done, he records last. <laughs> but like, yeah. Because nah, I need the, I need to hear the fire verse. No, nah, but it's good. Like, it's yeah. and like, even just, like I know we can all go in on a song, but even just learning to strip back and like, just give the song what it needs, you know? Yeah, I think even calling it competitive isn't a negative thing. Like, it's the competition that makes a group like yours healthy, you know? Because, like, you can feel it on a record yeah. when, like... Like, even on just, like, the order of the verses and stuff, like, you can just tell there's, like, a hunger there. Mm. And I think, naturally, you put three boys in a room and they're going to want to top each other. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Not only that, there's, like... Like I said, we can all go in. Like, there's some fire verses that we've done that are on the song. Because yeah. just... you got to do what's right for the song, you know? And sometimes you just gotta let it out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, 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 like, I held back on all everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> out of respect. Out of respect. Yeah. Out of respect. I held back. <laughs> nah, this, nah, but honestly, if like, this guy nah, can nah. go bar for bar. Nah, nah, nah. And like, obviously, you guys are all individual artists. Are there any like politics on recording or like jazz as a, or, like, as hypothetical jazz as a solo song that's so hard? But like you want to let jazz have the solo song but also like a look good verse would you know you're just like you would be like oh yeah i really just want to hop on this but it's like jazz is like nah it's a solo song are there any like politics or secret competition in that like sort of area or like has there been a moment where mm. there's been a sort of solo song and it's like shit that's hard nah because I, I think like it's like we're all individually got our own little taste mm. you know got our own little flavor so if it's a jazz song and you know it's a jazz song then you just leave it as a jazz song yeah like same as look good like if you know like with star 69 or tall poppy mm. like you can tell like that's just them yeah and then like my my, my style of music is the same thing like you know so we all we all have our individual but there are some sometimes we're like nah <laughs> this guy's made heaps of tracks where we're like nah let us jump on it <laughs> for us yeah straight out perfect we're back from a little break, you know, there's four very large men, in the best way possible, yeah. sitting in this corner. So I just thought, you know, a bit of breather <laughs> might make the conversation run a bit better. Um, obviously, you guys rep Western Sydney on your sleeves, and it's beautiful. I grew up not far from there, and like I've said this on the podcast before, but I'll say it again. There was a period of time when I was growing up where Australian music wasn't for me. Like, you'd look at the artists mm. and be like, how is this second-generation Greek immigrant yeah, going to yeah, get yeah. into surf rock living in, like, Canterbury Bankstown? Like, <laughs> like, well, like, there's no attachment to me now then. But then I feel like now what Western Sydney's doing and 
like the spotlight on it is a super positive thing to like encourage you know more unique voices to come into Australian music yeah. but I just want to get your opinion a bit more you know I think I want to I, I want to clear that up to be honest that's a bit of a funny narrative because I'm from Western Sydney but we all come from different places yeah. like he was he was born and bred in Porirua in uh, New Zealand is that New Zealand, right? Wellington yeah. yeah and then he's from um Logan in Brisbane. Yeah, on the woods. Yeah, from, oh, is it Logan or? Yeah, Logan. Yeah, so, but obviously, like you know, when we all come together, we rep it because yeah, you know that's the, that's the hood. To be honest, when we when I first moved here, it was it was our like Mountie too, so yeah, and it felt it's all the same. Like where we're all from is literally the same. Place yeah, from. that's what that's why it's you know it's easy to go with that, but but yeah. Go back to your question. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, was <laughs> so you the host of this or um, nah? I was just wondering, like, what do you think? Why do you think that, like, not even just Western Sydney as a location, but like culturally, these diverse voices, like, why do you think it's so right now so like attractive for like people to be from that culture or part of that culture? Or what do you make? It, what do you think about it? Is so you know infectious for like just the average listener? Just big up. Wow, it's, it's funny, eh, because, like, music's been going around like th- this for ages. I, f- I feel like growing up, like, the boys were rapping like that since since school. Yeah. Like, people make making music how it is, like, now, like, since way back. But yeah. now, they're, now they're getting the respect. So, mm. um, in saying that, yeah, I feel it's, it, it's, it's a good thing for me. Yeah, that I can see, like, you know, whether it's Western Sydney, whether it's out in Brizzy, yeah. like, um, I'm happy that the, the, the scene is the way it is now. Especially with like a big thing is like poly, like Polynesians, like poly artists are getting like crazy, you know. So that's 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 cool. Big time. Why do you think that it's now? Like if people have been doing it for so long, why do you think, you know, it's become actually respected and accredited now compared to, you know, ages ago? Well not ages ago but since before. Like it's only been the last two years I reckon. Because John Farnham retired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I respect that. Um, <laughs> simple. It's it. Um, the goat left. Song got take over. Another yeah, and we brought up the Polynesian community. I think one thing, being Greek as well, that I reflect, it's so family oriented, and I feel like the way you guys interact with your fans and stuff like that it's so just like it's almost like you're building a family like around the music but like because you know Polynesian people are so ultra supportive of like other Polynesian movements which is the most beautiful positive thing I think do you think that's a big part of like just how you cultivated a fan base or do you think that just happened naturally as well it's kind of weird though to be honest it's a tough question I must say the poly community is like it's kind of a grey area like there is the tall poppy syndrome in that community is heavy like crazy but at the same time they're supportive like Mm. it's kind of a weird um, I think I think a lot of it is like they support it because it's like I mean a lot of the times as well it's not it's not like they support it they just watch it because they want to see like whether it's beef or they just want to see like what you're doing because especially with that tall poppy shit it's like right they they kind of like see where you're at and they see themselves being like you know what well, i could be there but i'm not i'm not doing that so they just like kind of bring you down a bit mm-hmm. but um but either way bro mm-hmm. like you know 
people and it's because yeah it's because like the stereotype of like I wouldn't say like the generations before us so doing music and what especially um, the platform that we're on like it wasn't in the cards for us growing up like mm. like when you say a Polynesian person you would think footy or a barber or um, a seki not that it's a bad thing but like anything that does anyone that does anything outside of it like a doctor or music like it's kind of like not frowned upon but like oh he, he's like he thinks he's mad because he's doing yeah, this kind of like thing like, you know what I mean yeah and I think that's what it's been like since the jump is like like us or whoever's been doing it like in our communities like they've been pushing it for so long and now they've just like accepted like you know all the old old school dudes mm. and accepted it to be like oh this is the new way that it's going so we've got to just jump on yeah i feel like especially in like the great community i feel like it's such a generational thing mm. yeah like my grandparents are like bro we fled the greek civil war after world war ii yeah. if you not like and then they'll be like oh like you're not you're finishing uni i want you to be the first person in the family to finish uni or whatever mm. stuff like that so there's all that external pressure but at the same time it's like I want to use this privilege living in Sydney mm. yeah. to like do some cool shit as well at the same time. Hundred percent. So like yeah, it's definitely like a generational yeah conflict, I think, for my community anyway. Oh, pretty much the same. I think Greek people and Polynesian people always get along. Oh, right. Big feet. Greek food. <laughs> Polynesian yeah. people. Eating. <laughs> wow. Right. Yeah, it's real family oriented, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like I, I used to work in a call center and like it was like weird because so many different people and shit. What did you used to say? Wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, was your, what was your line when you picked up the Bro, phone? so no, we used to call for charities. Oh. I'm going to get sued for this shit or something. We used to call charities. Um, so like oh, I'd be like SES, this call center in Surrey Hills. And like you just call people and ask them for money. Hey, this is Parry. Um, <laughs> bro, this is Parry Talks here. Oh. Yeah, bro, it's Parry Talks, yeah. <laughs> No, it was, yeah, and then that's what funded all this. But yeah, and then so went there. It was my own lone wolf, and then this another like a Polynesian dude was like, "You're Greek, hey?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "I reckon we get along," <laughs> and I'm like, "From then, I'm like, okay, you know, it's sweet." Yeah, that's okay. I think another and like we spoke about food, so we're going there now because mm-hmm. like you know we like to wrap up these episodes with a bit of fun chat and fried chicken and flips. Fried chicken, come on! Come what on. is? In Sydney, or even from, you know, your upbringing and growing up, where is the fried chicken joint? Like, where is there one that just stands out? Because I know I have one that stands out. But what's the one that stands out? Um, Hurstville bacon. Yeah, what's it called? Um, hot bread. Hot, hot bread, bread in Hurstville. Trust. Yeah, Trust. Best. The best seasoning. Like, <laughs> straight up, yeah. you look at the chicken, you think they're like, like five years Trust. old. But when you eat it, by best. We ordered a hundred out one time. Yeah. Yeah. hundred what? Chicken wings. Chicken. Chicken wings. I reckon between three you could do hundred chicken wings. Simple. Oh, easy. Easy. But that's a regular like that's that's the <laughs> that's the every time. We're not doing it. a competition here. <laughs> but that's what we eat. Thoughts on um KFC? Yeah. Uh, wicked wings all the day. Wicked wings hundred percent, bro. That's all. But Hurstville hot bread. Hurstville <laughs> hot bread. Rendering yeah, it's still take it over. KFC. Ever been to Clems in Newtown? Nah. That's a spot. That's a good spot as well. It's a genius. Yeah, Would you go there today? I'll say less. Harry <laughs> <laughs> <No>. shout. <laughs> I'm very happy. Um, baby, last sort of serious question, and like this is this is a bit of a stitch up question. Um, it's like how does and like uh, different artists measure success differently, and I ask everyone this: 
how do you think Planet Vegeta measures success? Not so much in like streams or stadiums, but like what sort of impact, what sort of like, you know, final sentence do you think you'd hope Planet Vegeta, you know, has on, you know, Australian music or just generally for yourselves? I think I said it before, is like for us, the way we measure our success is like our, our boys and our families. Mm. Like if they mess with our stuff and they're like, you know, they, they can have a good time or, you know, we can impact in their lives through our music, just our close circle and that, like, yeah. we're happy like that. Yeah. And we've always been like that too. That's why like every time we make a track or something, we'll get the boys in and we'll just vibe out to the music. And like, you know, that. I think I can speak for all of us. Like us seeing all of um, all of the boys and that vibe out like that, bro. That's that's more than enough for us. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, fuck, we need to get some money. Give us that money. They play soon. Yeah, roads. Can we get? Bro, we're shooting two marks. <laughs> yeah, set some road. Roads. We need a little, you know, little, little care package. package. Little care package. You guys should have your own podcast on Parry Talk. <laughs> Say less. Wait, like I'm not no, as in like I'm not even here. You guys just come in, you yeah. talk together. I'll get another mic, I promise. Yeah. And just shoot the shit. Yeah, I'm just. the stories out of that one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and last question, ask this everyone as well. Who should come on Parry Talks? Who do you reckon will tell a good story? Who deserves their story to be told? Someone a bit slept on, maybe, or someone huge, whatever. Who do you reckon? Fucking Spaniard. Oh, bro. <laughs> I have been literally He's the funniest crying. guy. Bro, he's a legend. Doesn't a bloke just live down the road? Yeah, yeah, he does. He, um, I'm actually bro, going to a house for you after this over there. <laughs> Once um, we, I was here just doing work one morning. And he filmed the video at the back of the pub. Like you can see the you can see the graph on the back of the pub. And I'm like, oh my god, he was right there, bro. And I'm sitting here. Right, he's the man. Hectic. I saw him in Broadway once. Oh, he's crack up, bro. I saw him in Broadway. I was like, like from 30 meters away, I'm like Spaniard lad, and he goes, like he just like he's, he's so friendly and so nice, like his fans. Like you see it all the time. Like people just sending videos of like genius. Yeah, crack up. Parry talks. Planet Vegeta, thanks, thanks for coming on, boy. Thanks for having thanks us, bro. Nice, man. Anytime, literally. Come Let's back. Home. Legend. Oh. Get me out of that hole, bro. Get me out of that hole. Give me the clip.